everybody. All right. It is our first book club of the year. It is an absolutely fantastic novel. Jonathan Santloffer is with us. You may have read his book, The Last Mona Lisa. This is our first book of yours that we've read, The Lost Van Gogh, and we could not put it down. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Oh, my gosh. I like to hear. Jonathan, yeah, you know... (laughs) I we are fans of um thrillers and you know historical fiction and really love when someone can you know tell a story that you can't put down and this book the last van gogh well you'll have to give people the setup of it before I say anything else so let's start with that uh, Okay I was about to say you know what I'm just going to not say a word. Yeah. You keep talking because you're doing, you're doing the better job. Um, I guess, you know, what I, I started with the idea that people kind of dream about, you know, buying a thrift store painting that turns out to be something amazing, uh, which is what happens to my protagonist, mm-hmm. Luke and Alex. But of course, it, you know, it comes with consequences, unforeseen consequences. And um, I guess I don't give anything away if I say that this, painting uh, because you learn this uh, right away very very soon Mm -hmm. but the painting that they they find um is a legendary lost van gogh possibly his last self-portrait um which happened to you know it came to me because there is a letter written by van gogh's friend an artist friend who was at his funeral and he talks about all of the paintings Van Gogh had done, you know, Van Gogh, he was 37. Mm-hmm. They laid, he had, uh, his brother laid him out in the, in the restaurant where he lived, the restaurant. Can you believe that? On the, on this table. But they surrounded the walls with all the paintings he had made. He lived in this town, Auvers-Souris, France, for 70 days, and he made 75 paintings. Mm. So more than a painting a day. But, this letter from a friend mentions a self-portrait that nobody has ever seen again. And so I thought, huh, what if I try and figure out what could have happened to that painting? So, you know, I trace the possible route of this painting from the end of the war uh, until that story connects with the present story as they search for the painting. Uh, John, they found, yeah, you, go, go ahead, finish that thought. No, I was just going to say, you know, it's a painting they find and when they realize it's possibly something very valuable before they even get validation, the painting is stolen from them. It's unbelievable. I mean, it's unbelievable. And Jonathan, it's like you're the literary love child of Kate Quinn and Dan Brown. If they, oh, how did you? How did you know? I don't know how I knew that. Yeah, they're my parents. They're yeah, my parents. it's okay. It's yeah, okay. you can, you can, you can out me. It's yeah, because it, <laughs> one of the things that we, as fans of, you know, particularly, you know, Kate Quinn, and I think of, you know, I'm tr- uh, her book about the sisters, the resistance, the Nightingale. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. you know, there, I always think, are there more stories to be told that happened in World War Two with you know, can, can we find out even more horrible things that the Nazis did mm, and their way of yeah. belief and what they what they've done? And in this book, you know, there's a line 
stolen art is stolen lives. And you have really, I've never read a book that showed in yet another way the horror of how the Nazis, the way they treated uh, Jewish people and other people that they deemed less than what what the, it allowed yeah. people to do is just astonishing still. Well, you you know, Lori, one of the things that's kind of amazing, and which I discovered in my research I didn't really know, is that the Nazis went into countries. For example, they went into France, and they had a list of all the biggest art collectors. Mm. And they went after, they targeted those people because Hitler was creating a museum. He already had a scale model in his hometown in Austria, and it was going to be filled with all the art they had stolen all over Europe. And, you know, they ended up stealing like 25% of the art in Europe. It's just staggering. But they would go into a country targeting certain Families and art collectors whom they ultimately, if they didn't escape, they murdered. Yes. Their artworks. It's just, yeah. Yeah, it was really, and then, you know, the way you're telling the story, and, and, you know, I knew on the periphery, probably, like, I remember seeing a 60 Minutes once about the forgery that went on in the art world and how some of the biggest museums in the world have forged art and then now i find out you know stolen art art that is uh, looted but yet there are interpol there's like f- uh, crime fight you know the crime fighting yeah, police yeah. organization still trying to make things right yeah you know it's a really big question and a big problem for museums and you know sometimes as i think one of my characters says in the book that he worries the museums are going to end up empty because, you know, they often were taking work from a country, from a place without realizing it was either stolen or looted, you know, during the war. Mm-hmm. And now they're stuck with that moral quandary. What do we do with this? Mm-hmm. You know, um, So it's a big it's certainly a big issue for museums. And um, I just thought, you know, how as you had said before, how to find a new take on a painting, on something we think we know. Yeah. And, and, you know, I read this thing, you know, these, you know how we're like in our lives and you all the time, I'm sure for your show are doing research and reading things. So I read this little piece. It was about the French resistance. And in it, they mentioned that they would recruit artists, the French resistance in Paris Mm -hmm. and get them to paint on top of famous paintings so the Nazis wouldn't take them. Wow. And I thought, oh, that's, yeah, wow. Th- that's I where you got the idea. To. Yeah, and that's how the book starts. Yeah. With this, we don't know what the painting is, but, you know, this man, it's 1945, is painting over a painting. And um, I just thought, oh, this is just like, you know, the perfect beginning. To, yeah. Um, and then to combine it, you know, with this other, with my love for Van Gogh and, and this this painting that, may or may not have existed that disappeared and, you know, try and weave it together. Um, so it was, um, I was about to say it was not that easy, but you know, I, I always want my books to feel oh. like I didn't work, like I didn't work hard at all. Like I, I'm, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you want that on the page. I no. remember, I'm sorry. I'm kind go of, ahead. Know, speak. No, no, no I, I go ahead. 
I once brought my mother to this art gallery and, and she said, you know, and I liked the paintings and she said, they look too easy. And I said, Mom, when you when you when you go to the ballet, do you want to see do you want to see the ballerinas sweat? No, you want them there. If they're beautiful, you want it to look beautiful. You don't you don't you know. So I feel like for me, when I'm writing a book, no matter how much struggle I've had, I don't want that on the page. I just want my readers zooming through the book, you know, and, and not uh, not thinking about me or you know, how I structured it or any of those things. Yeah, so. well, we also like, um, you know, Grant and Brittany and I, Julia isn't here today, but we also, we do like also, you know, our our thrillers. We do not mind exploring the shady corridors mm. of the underground, whether it's the art world, whatever it is, you know. So, like, I could see the Lost Van Gogh would be like an absolutely amazing 10-part series on Netflix or something, or Apple, or whoever mm-hmm. will give you the most money, Jonathan. Well, from your lips, as you call my agent, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, we've had, we've had inquiries, we have. So because, we'll see. I mean, yeah, it, yeah, you've done all the work. Well, yeah, I hope so. You know, it's, it's so funny, because yesterday, the book, it was absolute. just yesterday was the release date. Oh, it was a happy and, book birthday. Thank you. Thank you. My daughter insisted. She said, you never celebrate anything. So she took me out and we had champagne and it was really wonderful and sweet. But, you know, you know, you forget then all of the work part Mm -hmm. and then you're into this other whole mode with the book. But, you know, I'm glad I'm happier to talk about the book. I mean, the process of the book and the ideas of the book, because they're much more there's fun to me, you know, how it happened, what yeah. it came, and, you know, all of that. Yeah, and so. I, I had never heard the term degenerate art, you know, the whole ah, Interpol, yeah. you know, the art crime. I mean, it just was such a thrilling ride, and then you've got the modern day, and we're going, we're in New York, and then we're in Amsterdam, and then, you know, I've been to the village of Arles, where Van Gogh, you know, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, you know, and the, the you, you, so, but even if you haven't, you're, you're so vivid of a storyteller, you feel like you can see it all in your mind. And so to me, when I say you've done the work, I feel like I can, we visualize your story and then your words, the way you put it together. I, we're just huge fans. We oh, love this book. I love, I love that. Thank you so much. You know, uh, I, what I tend to do is when I, I, my the best part of writing these books is that I go somewhere to do, you know, to do the research. Like you said, I go to France and I go to Amsterdam mm-hmm. and, and you know what the first thing I do is I walk around with a sketchbook and I do little drawings of things like the canals and, and mm-hmm. because it, you know, it sort of acclimates me, acquaints me with a place. Mm-hmm. And, and then I think I start to see it more clearly. Yes. Um, you know, and so I, I know with my last book, the last Mona Lisa that came out during the pandemic and I got a lot of emails. And the first thing many people said you know, was, hey, thank you for taking me to Florence Mm -hmm. and Paris during the pandemic. And I was, I luckily had done my research right before everything closed down. Um, But this book, you know, I I went to Amsterdam. I I actually met with a woman whose grandfather had owned Van Gogh's Dr. Gachet. Wow. And she's been trying to get it back. And she's been in the courts for like 20 years. 
Unbelievable. Yeah. Kind of astonishing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I want to read, we all want to read The Last Mona Lisa now, and I also want to do the night po- portrait now that I know, Jonathan, that you're the literary love child of Kate Quinn and Dan Brown. <laughs> and uh, Lost Von Van Gogh, I mean, it would just seriously be, you've got the whole story and it could be a one and done type of situation for someone if they wanted to bring it to the small screen because you've taken mm-hmm. care of they they just need someone to script write it or screenwrite it or whatever you call right. it right right yeah yeah well i hope so i mean you know there was a lot of talk with the last mona lisa and you know a lot of those hollywood projects oh, we know just, you know they crumble and i don't I don't give my heart. Yeah, I get it. I, you know? Yeah. yeah. Do you, were you happy with who read your book, The Lost Van Gogh, for people who are going to download this book? Yeah. You know, it's this, this guy, Eduardo Ballerini. Ooh. And mm-hmm. he read, he, isn't that a great name? Yeah. It's you know? so good. Um, he's, a, he's an American, but Italian. Mm-hmm. And he's an actor. He was on Boardwalk Empire. Oh, yes. I've never met him, of course, but I've seen him. And he read The Last Mona Lisa, and people loved it. So I asked that they get him again. And I have not heard any of the new book. Oh, yeah, because that's out in like a month. Don't they let the book no, be out? No, no, it came out. It's it did. Out. They, they, yeah, they brought it out at the same time. Okay, good. So wow. the audio book is out for people who'd rather listen to it, and uh, which is always great, you know, so people have choices. Um, I might try to listen, but, you know, it's very hard to listen to your own work. Oh, please. I've know? never re-listened to <laughs> a radio show of mine in my life and i've been on 21 years yeah never really yeah because then you start hearing your voice and the things you said why did yeah why did i say that or you know um but uh jonathan can we keep your phone number and then when uh we read or at least i read the last mona lisa we can call and talk to you even though you know the book has been out yeah it's been so fun to talk to you of course, I'd love you to call. All Why right, not? good. You know, I, we'll talk. Well, listen, the book is The Lost Van Gogh. Highly recommended. If you love a thriller, you love historical fiction, you just love a great book, here is your January book club, The Lost Van Gogh. Jonathan, thank you. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you. I appreciate it very much. Happy New Year. You too. You too. All right. All right.